Welcome to Authentically Me. This is your host, Megan Signs. My purpose is to bring you real, raw, and honest conversations to help uncover the vulnerability in all of you. New episodes every Monday, so leave the judgment at the door because it's time to get authentic. Trigger warning, this episode contains content related to grief and sexual assault. Revenge is a kind of wild justice. Before I fell into violation, why are you crying? Doesn't that feel good? Into being stripped of my existence. If you'd stop moving, then it wouldn't hurt as much. Into feeling so alone and guilty. Stop freaking out. You're acting like I raped you. Like it was my fault when it was you all along. Broken, exposed, anger, resignation. The pain I feel as your words replay over and over in my head. I tell people and they ask, do you want revenge or justice? Neither, I reply, because I didn't ask for it. But he expected something out of it and that's what he got. There isn't enough justice in the court system to serve you. There isn't a trial of revenge that could get rid of you or make me feel better. Revenge is a kind of wild justice. Being vulnerable but coming to terms with acceptance is a strength through forgiveness of myself. I want neither. I want to let go, to surrender, but I can't. I want everything to stop. Shatter the silence. Speak out. That's my revenge and justice. Speak out. This is a poem I presented at an event in college for Sexual Assault Awareness Month. I remember writing my words out, but when I went to read them, it was so much more powerful. This was also my final poem for my published series in a magazine. I remember meeting with the editor and he asked, like, do I want revenge or justice? And I took it and ran with it. I remember he said, okay, now read it out loud. And I looked at him and I was like, my poem? And I was shocked because I have never read any of my poems out loud before this. I was shaking and went slowly. It was so healing to read it. I just want to start off by talking about how awareness creates opportunity for change. More awareness equals a smaller blind spot, which allows you to understand other perspectives. Awareness comes from your bias, and everyone has one, but you must expand it to make judgments and bring about awareness. My story begins my sophomore year in high school. We were both in the same grade. He was my boyfriend from however many months we were dating, but I know it had been a while. It was October around Halloween, and my parents had taken my little brother trick-or-treating, My other brother was at some Halloween party or who knows what he was doing. So it was just me and my boyfriend in the house. I remember he kept asking to try sodomy and I kept saying no. I didn't want to. I didn't understand why guys wanted to do that so bad, but he didn't care. He took my pants off and performed forced sodomy. I was saying no and please stop and he didn't care. My body went numb. It's like you go into this state where you're screaming inside, but nothing is coming out. It's like my vocal cords were muted. I was drowning. I started crying and he said, you know, the more you cry and scream, the more it'll hurt. He just kept saying how good it felt. I remember hearing my parents come home. I had to quietly go to the bathroom outside my room. I wiped the tears off my face. I went into the shower and I turned the water so hot and I tried scrubbing my body and started crying. I remember I got dressed super fast and came out of my room to the sliding door and I was just standing there frozen. 
My stepmom was talking to me about something, but I was so numb. I played along as if everything was fine. I told my boyfriend to leave. And honestly, the rest is a blur. But my body remembers everything. I stayed with him for another few months after that. Most people don't understand the trauma bond created to capture victims of sexual assault. I was trapped, entangled. I was most of all scared because he was so controlling. I had no idea what he was going to do or tell people. I remember I went shopping with my stepmom and she was like, oh, it's so hot. Like you should get some shorts. And in my head, I was like, yeah, that'd be nice. But I wasn't allowed to wear shorts or too short of a dress because my boyfriend had imprinted that I'm a slut if I wear things like that. So I just said, oh, shorts aren't my thing. I honestly felt so alone. I think I finally told my best friend one day and it helped me to tell other people as well. I was so scared to tell my parents. I remember I was like, oh my gosh, my dad is going to want to kill this person and then he's going to be in jail. Like it's just a lot of feelings to think about. But overall, I just felt so alone. So when I decided to have sex again, my body would shake. I got this horrible feeling in my stomach like I wanted to throw up and cry again because my body wasn't safe. I had to tell myself over and over again that it wasn't my fault that I'm safe. I don't think the first conversation that I should be having with potential partners is, hey, I got sexually assaulted and my body might react in this way. So if I start crying, don't worry. Or I shouldn't have to say like, I don't know how to say no. So please learn my body because I'm not capable of that yet, but I'm working on it. Furthermore, even when I did explain my story, I still got my partners telling me things like this. One partner, I told him I was shaking and I wanted to stop. And he was like, again, shouldn't that stop by now? Another said, I feel like you're lying and I don't really see it as that big of a deal. You should be over it by now. Another one said, that's normal to shake. You're just having an orgasm. Survivors are so misunderstood and people need to listen to their words. I started dating this guy in college and that's when I noticed the PTSD symptoms that I had from my sexual assault. I couldn't take showers. I always thought someone was watching me, etc. It was really, really bad. Like I could not go a day in normal within minutes of doing anything. So he mentioned that I go talk to someone and I agreed. This girl came and spoke at my freshman class. Emily was her name and she was the victim's advocate for sexual assault survivors. She told me that we could go see her anytime. The only problem was that it was in the police station. I stood outside shaking and went back and forth for probably 15 minutes before going inside. I was terrified. Once I met her, she was so comforting and listened to me and truly heard me. She told me I could still testify if I wanted, but explained how harsh the court is on survivors. At this point, it was already three years after and I didn't feel comfortable because I had no idea the exact date or anything really. I didn't really have any text messages from the incident. Like there wasn't really any evidence unless I would have gotten a rape kit or something right after. So I just didn't feel like in my heart of hearts that I had a very strong trial, unfortunately. They really drill survivors and I just couldn't take the emotional or mental trauma as well. I spoke at my very first class this freshman year. I talked to my teacher and said, hey, I think this would really help me heal because he had previously mentioned to us about his journey of being an alcoholic. I cried and cried. I could barely tell my story, but it was so healing to just be seen by multiple people meant so much to me. 
And this was such a special group of people. I joined a program before going to college, so we all got really close to each other. Everyone mentioned how inspiring my story was and how they had no idea and how I kept it from all of them. I had a few people stay after and ask questions and want help with their journey. And from that day, I knew I was destined for this job. I had no idea where it would take me, but man, I have done some amazing things with it and I can't wait to see what else I do. From arranging events for nonprofits and organizations to speaking multiple times at college events and in classrooms. My viewpoint and cue is always from a personal standpoint. I think people learn so much better from hearing personal experiences rather than sitting there through a slideshow, going through statistics, and it's just not real to people. And I know this because it happened to me. And so I like going back in the classrooms and doing interactions, whether it's a sexual assault, a simulation, whether it's just going through the emotions that a survivor feels and having people feel those emotions. And yeah, it's just really important to me to advocate. Later in my college years, I went down a really dark path after this. I didn't want to feel anything. I didn't know how to feel anything. So I slept with whoever, disassociating my body with my mind. I just felt such a loss of respect for myself. I took the words my predator had ingrained in my brain and also those that the other people who I told slut this was my fault i should have said no why didn't you tell him to stop why didn't you leave etc and i really believed that's who i was this is so common for survivors and it is honestly the worst feeling my boyfriend at the time really helped me by telling me every single day multiple times a day that it wasn't my fault I had this tattoo drawn out of a dream catcher with a shattered brain inside the middle that I drew for a school project on depression. I had saved it because it was so beautiful and I knew I wanted it as a tattoo someday. I added birds over it and changed the flowers to lotus flowers and I wrote, forgive yourself. I told myself the day I truly believed it was not my fault, I would get that tattoo. After four years of healing and recovering, I finally got my tattoo on April 20th, 2014. The way I felt that came off my shoulders was amazing. It was one of the most emotional days of my life. It was so freeing. My body knew that it needed to let go. Forgiveness was huge. By surrendering, you win. Forgiving someone who hurt you isn't about them. It's about you. It takes more strength to forgive than it does to be vengeful and angry. Forgiveness does not exonerate the perpetrator. It does not justify their behavior. You are saying, I release you from all my pain and all my worries, but most importantly, I release you from my attention. Forgiveness is a gift you give yourself because you let it go so that you're available to be your highest and best self. And because you are saying that, this experience is not stronger than me. I disconnected from it and defined that I'm not in control of it and it is not in control of me. I want to break my tattoo down because every single tattoo I have drawn besides one of them on my body and they mean so much to me. So let's break it down. The forgive yourself is like I explained, I kept telling myself that being sexually assaulted was my fault. And so that was just the final product of forgiving myself. The birds flying over were a sign of letting go of my past. The dream catcher was a sign of holding my past and watching over me. The head in the middle symbolizes when I went through depression and my various eating disorders, the mind is broken. Lotus flower has always been my favorite flower and I never knew why until I did more research on them for my tattoo. 
They represent divine purity and beauty. Unfolding of its leaves represents the expanding of the soul. I got the flowers in purple because purple represents power, strength, and ambition. So like moving on. The feathers represented letting go and being free. Here are things that I wish I did not do. I wish I did not message my attacker after we had broken up. It had been multiple years and I just felt like I needed that closure. I don't know why. I just in my mind was like, you know what? He's going to admit to everything and then I'll have all the proof I need. No, no, and no. Do not message your attacker. Just don't. They literally do not care or understand. I wish I would have written a letter and burned it instead. I was honestly baffled when I reached out and he seriously had no idea what I was talking about and tried to tell me that I was mentally ill and needed help. So just don't do that. I want to also talk about normal behavior and like, what does this even mean? I have clients ask me all the time, like, is this normal? So let's talk about it. So behavior is the most of us are the product of our experiences. For instance, my sexual assault is a constant reminder due to little noises, everyday activities, not trusting my body, and so forth. Normal is defined as your most frequently occurring event. So whatever your experience is, that's what is normal. But later on, your perspective can change. So after you do the healing, after you rewire your nervous system, you can start to heal and your normal changes because you now have new resources. So please do not judge yourself based on experiences or actions that you have done because at the time, that's what your normal was. Something that helped me is when thinking about the expectations of telling people. You have to lose this. People react in different ways. Sometimes they're angry and want to protect you and sometimes they say the wrong things. I'll be going more into this in a future episode, so make sure you check out my episode on the key to understanding, which is all about things to say and not to say to survivors and how to support them. I had to learn how to trust myself, and that's hugely what my programs are based off of. I don't feel like there were any resources when I was going through my journey. I felt like it was all very victim blaming, so I created my business to be that safe space. I had to learn my inner knowing and trust it. Where I felt like I was transforming and alchemizing the most was when I learned that if I do not trust myself, then I will never know myself. And this is because to know yourself means that you have to trust that you are living in alignment with your highest self and believe that you are in the right place and you have to trust your body and you have to trust your energy that it is doing what it's supposed to be doing. If you don't trust yourself, If you don't know how to ask yourself questions about what is right for you and what is not right for you and how to know when you are embodied in your answer, I have personally found that you will struggle to know who you are. So please apply today in the links down below to start working with me today and we can get you some clarity in life. Thank you so much for listening to my journey. I truly hope this helps at least one person not feel so alone. Healing is a lifelong journey. The goal is not to make the pain disappear for good, but to give you better tools and a better capacity within your nervous system to withstand the emotional and somatic impacts of your trauma. Survivors deserve a world where they feel safe to share their stories, where they feel heard, believed, and supported. This is the environment that I am working so hard to create. So please reach out if you need more support. You are not alone and your voice matters. 
Don't forget to sign up for my virtual masterclass called Emotions in the Body down below in the links to help you mend the disconnect from your mind and body. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. My goal is to always create a safe space to be vulnerable in. And if you benefited from this episode in any way, the best way to show your appreciation is by simply screenshotting this episode and sharing on your social media or with your team. Or even better, drop me a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Don't forget, if you're looking for additional support, I love being a resource to you on Instagram at HealWithMegan. I can't wait to share space with you all again next week. Sending you all love and healing.